The timeless 10, remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through 11. Uh, now, first of all, I know that uh, as I look am among this group here today, I see that uh, uh, a few of you are retired. So you're not working. Yeah, I got a, I got a big smile from Mike back there. Uh, yeah, there's several of you that are retired, so um, some of what I'm going to say today might not apply as much as it did back when you were working, but from what I understand and I hear Mike talking about, uh, you people who are retired, sometimes you're working as much or more than you used to work. Uh, so maybe, maybe I, I'm sure that some of this will apply to everybody, but especially those of you who are still working uh, and, um, and uh, you're going to your job every week, so... Uh, remember the Sabbath. Let me ask you a, a couple of questions to start off with. Do you ever get tired just thinking about everything you have to get done next week? Okay. All right, well, then we can just go, go on with the message now because I got, I got enough yeses. All right, how about this one? Do you ever walk into work on Monday just as tired as when you left on Friday? Do you ever feel guilty for not checking your work email every day, even on your day off? I heard, a, I heard a yes. Okay. Well, no, it's too. All right. How about this? Do you ever feel guilty for taking a day off? Okay. All right. So if the answer to any of those is yes, and I heard a bunch of yeses out there, then this message is for you. It's for you. All right. We all can gain from it. A recent study by the Society of Human Resources said that 70% of us feel like we need to extend our work over all seven days of the week. Do you ever feel that kind of pressure? Uh, for, for many, it feels like there's more to do and not enough time to do it all in. How many of us would describe our life as restless? You don't have to raise your hand, but you can if you want to. If so, why? Why? Restlessness is often rooted in the fear of falling behind. Maybe falling behind in a relationship, in your marriage. Uh, uh, maybe as a student, trying to keep up with all your assignments, if we have any students out there. Uh, how about this, as a parent, trying to keep up with all that's required of your kids. Boy, that's especially true today for some of you parents, trying to keep up with school and and your work, and, and just uh, everything that's going on with your children. As an employee, trying to meet the deadlines at work and keep the boss happy. As an employer or a business owner, trying to keep up with payroll, employees' needs, filling orders, paying suppliers. You know, if we step back and we look at it, in this modern world that we live in today, it should feel odd that we feel restless. I mean, think about it. We live in the richest society that has ever existed. Yet we wonder sometimes if we have enough, if only had more. We live longer than, than anyone ever lived in any culture uh, prior to back in the days when uh, Methuselah lived. Um, but any, any recent culture, uh, we have all these life-saving devices and, and medical technologies that prolong our lives. We can have pizza in three minutes. <laughs> we can find the answer to almost anything in seconds by just asking Google. You know, uh, there you go. <clears throat> a process, a process that, that used to take days and weeks. My dad used to love to research things, and, and, and he'd, after about a week, he'd come back. I just found out the answer to what we were talking about. <clears throat> 
We don't have to dial someone's phone number anymore. We just ask our phone. Uh, call Chris. And it calls Chris or whoever else we've got in our phone. We don't have to go shopping. We just ask Amazon and they bring it to our house. So much of modern life is designed to make life easier, right? Yet, how often do we still feel restless? Could it be that we have completely disregarded the fourth commandment? The truth is, many Christians look at the Ten Commandments as if they're actually just nine commandments. Right? There's the nine that are relevant to us today, we think, and the one, number four, you know, that was just for the Jews. That was just for the Jews. I'll tell you, that's how I often felt about it and even said. Yeah, there's, that one was for the Jews. The, the nine, are, we, we still uh, have to follow those or should follow those. Now, please understand me. As we're going through this series, The Timeless Ten, um, our eternal salvation does not happen because we follow the Ten Commandments. A lot of people think that. You know, if you, if you get to heaven and God says, okay, let's see how you did. All right. All right, you got about 70%, okay, that's good, 60, anyway, but you, you got more than half, so you're good. That's not how it works. The only way we could be saved by following the Ten Commandments is if we got to heaven and, and God said, man, you follow all ten of them every day of your life for the rest, for your whole life. You never disobeyed one single time. That would be the only way you could be saved by following the Ten Commandments. And that's impossible. No, our salvation is exclusively made possible by God's grace when we place our faith in Jesus Christ who followed the Ten Commandments perfectly. The Ten Commandments for us as followers of Jesus are about living the life God wants us to live here on earth. They're about what it takes to please God. We follow those things, we please God. And our life is better. we We live a blessed life if we will follow the Ten Commandments. But when we consider the Ten Commandments and the blessed life that can happen when we obey them, we sometimes think, well, really, it's only nine. It's only nine uh, that are relevant to us today. We all agree that God wants us to obey the nine relevant ones, right? Do we ever feel guilty if we break the fourth commandment? Do you ever feel guilty? Uh, I never have. (laughs) Have you? The the basic commandment, the fourth commandment, is basically this. Every seven days, you must take one day off from work. I mean, there's more to it than that, but that's the, if you boil it down to the basic, every seven days, you must take one day off from work. Now, when was the last time you felt guilty for breaking this command, like you were disobeying God? Have you ever felt guilty for disobeying commandment number four? Now, some of you may have gone to see a counselor for disobeying some of the others, (laughs) you know. But when the counselor asks a person, why are you here today? Has anyone ever said, well, last week I didn't take my day off. (laughs) In fact, I chose to work on my day off. That's never happened. (laughs) Not to me anyway. For many today, making a day off a priority or thinking of it as something that God wants us to do is a foreign concept. The great philosopher Madonna once said, 
I'll rest when I'm dead. I'm hungry and life is short. Working till we die or till we collapse for many is the American way, isn't it? Not only do we not feel guilty when we break this commandment, sometimes we even brag about it. You know, you might hear somebody say, yeah, I had to work like 50, 60 hours last week. And, and another person says, ha, that ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. Last week I worked 90 hours. In fact, I've had to work 90 hours for the last six months. You know, we wear it like a badge of honor. I work 90 hours a week. Maybe you're tired, but you've probably never felt guilty about it. Why are we so flippant about the fourth commandment? Could it be that many of us are restless because we ignore God's design for us to rest? Now think about it. One of the top ten, one of the timeless ten commandments is take a day off. These commandments are, are not arranged in most important to least important, like one's the most important, ten's the least important. <clears throat> but if they were, if they were, commandment number four would be, I mean, take a day off would be the fourth one in the top ten. Let's analyze this a little bit closer. Commandment four is the longest of the ten commandments, and it carries with it the death penalty. Uh, no, the numbers 15, 32 through 36 is an example of that. Someone to be stoned because they broke the fourth commandment. Hey, Bill, uh, hey, uh, you, you stole my donkey. Okay, uh, make him pay it back. Hey, Bill, Bill didn't, take, Bill didn't take a day off last week. Okay, bring him in. We got to kill him. You see, God took commandment number four very seriously back then. It was a big deal for the Israelites to take a whole day off every week. Now, today we may not be willing to kill people for not, for not taking a day off. God doesn't call for that anymore. He doesn't call for that today. But are you killing or harming yourself when you ignore commandment number four? All right, let's get practical a little bit here. Let's answer some questions that, that we might have about commandment number four, like what, how, why. First, what. What exactly is the Sabbath day? Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day and keep, by keeping it holy. Now, as we saw a couple of weeks ago we, when we talked about God, who is holy, God considered the Sabbath day day holy now holy means set apart set apart for the israelites the sabbath day was to be set apart from the other six days a day unlike the other six days but for what how was it unlike the other six days well the word sabbath explains that sabbath comes from the hebrew and it means to cease to stop to rest. I don't know that I really understood that before. We think of the word Sabbath as this sacred religious word, the Sabbath day. But it just means to stop, to rest. If we were to say it in modern language today, we might say, remember the stopping day or remember the resting day by keeping it holy, by making it unlike the other six days. Verse 9. 
Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Let's look at the word all. You know what the, the, the word all means in Hebrew? It means all. <laughs> it means all. In the six days that, that are not the Sabbath, you must do all of your work. Not some, not most, but all of it. Verse 10, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Now, how? How? That's the what. How, how does it work? Here, here's how the Sabbath day is holy. Here's how it's set apart from the other six days. You do no work. You do all your work in your six days, for the six days, and no work on the Sabbath day. Now, if there's anything that I've learned about being a parent through the years, and is that, it, that is that human beings love to find loopholes. We love loopholes, don't we, uh, in the rules. I told you not to touch your brother. I didn't touch him. I hit him with a stick. The stick touched him. Kids love loopholes, don't they? And we adults love them, too, because we're constantly looking for ways to legally break the laws, right? That's what a loophole is. And God knows that about us. He knows that we're going to try to find ways to, to legally break his rules. Um, and so he tried with commandment four to fill in all the loopholes. So, you know, we go to God and we say, okay, God, you said no work, no work. Of course, that's me, right? That's me. You're talking about me. What if I got all this stuff out here to, to, in the field that needs to be done? What if I send my son and my daughter out there? As you read this, this verse here, verse, verse 10. What if I send my son and my daughter out there? That's not me. That's them working, and they're just kids, right? No, no, not, not your son or your daughter. Okay, all right, you're talking about family, right, God? Okay. Well, what about my servants that I hire or, and back those days, maybe slaves? What if I send them out there? Because you're, you're talking about family, right? So what if I send my servant? No, not your male nor your female servant. All right, so you're talking about people, right? People, God. Okay, um, so what about my animals? What if I hook up my donkey to the gristmill thing and just let it walk around all day? It, you know, that's just the donkey. No, not even your animals. Your animals. No living creature, God said to the Israelites, must work. They must all take the day off even your animals. Back in the California gold rush days, many rushed to California, and some traveled all the way across the whole country, traveling for weeks and months to get there. For some, every seven days, they would stop for a whole day for them to rest and for their animals to rest. But others thought, no way, I'm not stopping, I'm not resting, I got to get to California, there's gold in them thar hills. And if I don't get there, somebody's going to get all the gold. And so they did not rest their animals. They traveled every day, seven days a week, to get to California. The result was that those who stopped to rest their animals every seven days got to California faster than the ones who didn't. The well-rested could go farther and faster than those who didn't rest. God's principle worked for the Jews, it worked for the 49ers, and their animals, and their animals. Okay, God, what, what about these, I got some foreign people from other lands, they're not even Jews. What if I send them out in the field, let them work? God says, no, not even the foreigners. 
that are residing in your town. Nobody, God said, should work on the Sabbath. Now, this is a very simple, simple command. It's just stop working and rest for a whole day. Everybody, every week. Couldn't get more simpler than that, right? Well, it's simple until the legalists got a hold of it. Not only uh, do we like loopholes, but we also like to make things that are simple, complicated. We love to do that. That's what legalists do. And, And this was certainly true for the Jews when it came to commandment number four. The religious leaders took this command and made it into something that it was never meant to be. They redefined work, and, and work, was, work for, the, for them was almost anything beyond just breathing was defined as work. The Jews of Jesus' day were complaining, for example, when, uh, when the apostles were just walking down the road, and they walked by a wheat field, and they reached over, and they grabbed a couple of grains of, of wheat from the field, and they were eating them, sort of like a little snack. And the Jews complained. Look, your disciples are harvesting. See, harvesting was work, and they defined just pulling some grains off a head of of wheat as harvesting, and that's sinful. They took it too far. Even today, with Orthodox Jews, it can be the same. Ashley Wooldridge uh, who's a pastor of Christ Church of the Valley in Arizona, said that when he visited Israel, he saw that when he entered his hotel on the Sabbath day, all of the buttons on the elevator stayed lit all the time. In other words, the elevators would stop at every floor all the way up and all the way down. Now, can you guess why? They were programmed to do that on the Sabbath. Can you guess why? Because pressing the button was work. Was work. The Jewish religious leaders did what a legalist would do. They failed to understand the intent of the fourth commandment. Jesus clarified the intent uh, to some of the legalists when he said in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, God gave the Sabbath day to the Jews uh, so that they they would be blessed by it. Uh, But what they did, they made it into something that the Jews should worship, which is what legalists do. The, The secret of any of God's commands is to understand why he gave us the command. What was the intent of it? Because while we don't want to be legalists, we also don't want to uh, give ourselves license to just ignore it, which is what we do sometimes too. So let's consider why did God give us commandment number four. Now there are both practical and spiritual reasons for God's command that we rest. First, let's consider the practical reason. The practical reason is just as simple as it could be. It's for your rest. It's for your rest. Verse 11, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Now, God rested when he created the universe. Was God tired? Was God tired? Well, let me ask you this. Uh, did, did Jesus need to be baptized for the repentance, uh, for repentance and forgiveness? 
No, no to both of those. No, God doesn't get tired. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 tells us that he's never weary, so God doesn't get tired. Uh, God, but God rested on the seventh day for you and for me. He knew we would need rest, that we would get weary. Just, and just as Jesus did with his baptism, God modeled the Sabbath day for us. It's not just do as I say, it's do as I do. Jesus was baptized. That's one reason we should be baptized. God rested. That's one reason we should rest. So if God took a day off, why would we think that we should not? Now, God, I got this. I got a lot of work to do. I just don't have time for a day off. Thanks for the example, but I got this. You know, we need, to look, we need to look at commandment four as a parent would look at it. You know, how many, how many of your kids, think back when your kids were little or maybe your grandchildren or those of you who have kids now, how many of your kids like to go to bed on time? Raise your hand high if your kids like to go to bed on time. Not one single hand, right? We, we, I, Jackie and I, as, as we've uh, grown up with our, grand, our grandchildren now, it's been fun to go visit them and be there at bedtime. You know, okay, kids, it's time to go to bed. It's 7.38 or whatever bedtime is. Time to go to bed. Man, that's when the drama starts, right? That's, oh, I don't want to go. There's crying. There's tears. There's excuses. But I want to. And then, and, then, and then they finally get them in bed. And what happens? While you're sitting there talking, here comes somebody down the hallway, right? All right. Why are you out of bed? Because there's something in my closet and I just can't, you know, I just need some, you know, it's, there's always some crazy reason why they can't, they had to get up. It's, it's always fun, and we sit back and laugh, and I remember we did that with our kids as well. Kids don't want to go to bed when, when it's time to go to bed. Parents, why do we want our kids to go to bed and get a good night's sleep? Because we know that without rest, the next day is going to be horrible for them and for you, right? They, as parents, we know what's best for them. We know they need their rest. Have you ever had a horrible day at work because you'd gotten no sleep the night before? Of course. When we don't get the rest we need, it affects everything in our lives, doesn't it? Our work, our marriage, the way we deal with our kids. Life is better when we are well rested. Our, our car's oil should be changed every three to 5,000 miles or whenever your computer says, change the oil. That's, that's the way it's done now. Oh, can it go farther than three to 5,000 miles without changing? Well, sure it can. It can go a lot farther than that. And, and, and sometimes we think about that. Well, look, it's running fine. Why should I change the oil? You know, why should I check the oil? It's running fine. <laughs> but what we don't see is what's going on inside of our engine, right? The dirt that's building up and inside of it. And, and what happens is the level gets lower and lower. We don't see it until what happens? The motor seizes up. <laughs> and then we check the oil stick and there's nothing on it. Because it ran fine until it got so low that there was not enough oil to lubricate the internal parts of the motor anymore. Like the owner's manual for our car, God is saying to you and me with commandment four, I designed you. I know how your body works. And I'm telling you, in order to function probably, properly, your body needs rest. 
It needs real, quality, consistent rest. So I give you this command to make you do what you need to do to rest. Six days you can work, but on the seventh day I command you to rest. So that's a practical reason. You just need rest. Let's look at the even more important reason, the spiritual reason why we are given commandment for Verse 11, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. If we obey commandment four, God will bless us. The Hebrew word for blessed means to evoke divine favor, to fill with strength. Isn't that what we want in our life? Divine favor and strength. God is saying, I bless that day and if you will take that day I will bless you as well. But God, I, I got seven days of work to do. You know, I can't afford to rest right now. Does that sound like a familiar argument that we might have given and had with God in another area of our lives, like with our money? There, there's two areas in our lives that we often have trouble turning over to God and trusting God. And it's with our money and our time. I never have enough money or time. So it's hard to trust God with those two things in our lives. So what do we do? We say, I, I'll just do it on my own. I'll do it on my own. I'll control it myself. Here's a great chart that might help, uh, help illustrate what happens if we will just trust God with our money and our time. Now, God blesses us with income, right? we got money. Everything we have comes from God. We don't own it. We're stewards of it. So he gives us money to use in our life. What's his principle of trusting him? It's the tithe or 10% of our income or some percentage that we've decided we're going to give to God on a consistent basis every week, every month. We're going to give part of what God has blessed us with back to him. That's the principle that God wants us to use with our money. What is the blessing that comes when we tithe? 90% with God is greater than 100% without him. We've all test we many of us can testify to that. Those of us who tithe, we can we know we don't miss it and we have never been without ever. It's a principle that is true, a blessing that is true from the tithe. Same thing applies to our time. God blesses us with time. That's where it comes from, right? What's the principle? The Sabbath. Take a day off every week. What's the blessing? The blessing is six days with God is greater than seven days on our own. Six days are for work. The seventh day is for rest and worship and receiving a blessing from God. That's the principle of commandment four. So let's get a little practical now. Apply it to our lives. What does commandment four look like for you? Well, in an ideal world, the day you come to church is the ideal Sabbath day for you. Um, for those of us... Uh, those of you who have a traditional week, you work Monday through Friday, uh, Sunday is a great, perfect Sabbath day. You're able to be in church and worship and, and then rest and, and go home and, and spend some time with family. 
But that may not be possible for some of you. Uh, it, it would be pretty difficult for me to spend all day resting on Sunday. I mean, I'm up here working right now. <laughs> um, uh, and a, a major part of my job is performed on Sunday. For me, my Sabbath is Monday most of the time. Now, for many of you in our church family, because of your job, Sunday can often also be a work day for you, like our healthcare workers and firefighters and law enforcement. For the Jews, it was always the seventh day uh, or, or, or Saturday. For us, our sab Sabbath day of rest could be any day of the week, depending on your situation, on your job. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. We might ask, well, what do I do on my Sabbath? What's, that's the wrong question. We, we need to ask, what should I not do on my Sabbath? And the answer is this, do nothing related to what you do to earn your income. Do nothing related to what you do to, to earn your income. Don't be a legalist about it. Uh, like the Jewish leaders were, simply apply it in this way. Don't bring your day job to your day off. Don't check your email, your work email. Don't check, don't even look at it. Don't go into the office just for a couple of minutes that turns into six hours. <laughs> uh, don't grade papers. Uh, don't take or return work phone calls. Uh, don't listen to, to messages that you know or from work. Don't don't think about her and, and be planning your next work project on your day off. Leave your day job at work and do something else that eases your restlessness on your Sabbath, on your day off. Here's what we'll, dis we'll discover. God promises that he will bless you. He will bless you. People who only work six days get more done than those who work all seven. Here's a perfect example. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. How many of you love Chick-fil-A sandwiches? Aren't they great? There's none better. How many of you, after church on Sunday, have, have said, you know what, Chick-fil-A. Let's go to Chick-fil-A. And so you go all the way over there, and when you, and you, when you get there, it's like, oh, that's right, they're closed on Sunday. Man, why do they do that? <laughs> well, there's two reasons given by Chick-fil-A why they close on Sundays. Number one, so employees can rest. And number two, so employees can worship. Now, they don't, they're not forced to do that, <laughs> but if they're free to do that if they want to. So they can rest, so they can worship. I didn't realize this, but... Sunday is the highest grossing day of the week for fast food restaurants. Did you know that? I didn't realize that. Now, why would a sensible business, business or business CEOs choose to be closed on the highest grossing day of the week? Yet they do. And I'm sure when Chick-fil-A first decided to do that, the other ones, you know, Hardee's and McDonald's were all going, they won't last long doing that. Yet, can you guess where Chick-fil-A ranks among fast food restaurants in average sales per store? Number one. Number one. Their average sales per store is $4 million per store. Now, the second place restaurant, fast food restaurant, and I didn't realize this, or would have never guessed this, Jason's Deli, <laughs> um, which is open on Sunday, 
only grossed 2.6 million per store. And McDonald's is like number five. Now, how does that happen? How does that happen? How does a store that is closed on the number one grossing day of the week end up number one in sales? Well, you, can, you could probably come up with a bunch of different reasons, but I tell you, I believe it's God's hand blessing that decision to take a day of rest. Is, is that what we are experiencing in our life? When you walk into work, do you want it to be on your own power or under the blessing of God? What do you think will yield the better result? So here's a challenge for us all. Uh, and even for you retired people, maybe you can figure this out too. Because uh, it'll be good for you to make a designated day as well. Um, uh, for one month, let's take the Sabbath challenge the Sabbath challenge. Decide for one month, for four weeks, to take a 24-hour period each week as your Sabbath. And not because I said so. Yeah, Mark said I had to take a Sabbath. No, because the, the one who created your body said so. Said so. And during that 24-hour period, let's do three things. Number one, let's spend time with God. Spend time. Now, if your Sabbath is on Sunday, it's already built in. It's already, you're, you're here doing it right now. Okay? You're worshiping, you're, you're reading God's word, you're lifting up praise, um, you're, you're meeting around the Lord's table. Uh, that's, that's the perfect ideal time is, is to be with God and make it a priority to be here. Or to, to if you're still uncomfortable, to, to be watching on Facebook. Just make that your priority uh, if your Sabbath is Sunday. If it's another day... Well, during that day, take some time to, to be with God in a specific way, in an intentional way, to pray, to pick up God's word and read uh, and, and study and meditate upon it, to reflect on your blessings. You know, take, take a special time to, in the morning, in the evening, some, some, some sp appointed time to go and to be with God during that, during that day. Number two, spend time in your relationships. Spend time in your relationships. Uh, on a Sunday after church, you, you just spend some time with your spouse, uh, with your kids, maybe go visit your grandkids, um, and, and just have some special time with them, focusing on your relationships. And number three, rest. Rest. Do what is restful to you. To you. It's more about what you're not doing than what you are doing. What you're not doing is anything related to work. Remember, no emails, no phone calls, don't go into the office. Make sure your, your fellow co-workers know, today's my day off, so don't even call me. If you, if you send me a text, I probably won't answer it until I get back to work. What you, what you are doing is what is restful for you. So what is restful for you? Well, maybe it's sitting in the recliner and watching a, a football game. Uh, maybe it's playing catch with your son or daughter or your grandchild in the backyard. Maybe it's a, a nice walk around Lake Wilson or your neighborhood with your spouse. Maybe it's working on a house project or, or mowing the grass or working in the garden or playing around a golf, something that's restful for you. That's not work. If, if your job requires a lot of mind power, you know, and you're sitting behind the computer and you're thinking all day long, and maybe, maybe what's restful for you is something that you do with your hands, like 
a house project or working in the yard. If your job requires a lot of muscle power, maybe what's, what's restful for you is just chilling, just chilling on the couch. To counter what makes you restless at work, do something that is restful for you on your Sabbath. So, like with giving, let's test God in this. And no, if we do, we will be blessed. Father, thank you for this command. Uh, forgive us if we've, uh, if we've disregarded it or acted as if it's not important. Um, and uh, help us to just understand why you gave it. Because you knew, as human beings, we need rest. And we need to make it intentional. And, and while we're doing it, we need to think about you and, and give you praise for our life, and for our work, and for our families, um, and, and rest. And so, Father, uh, I pray that uh, for those of us who are restful, and maybe if, you, if we look and we see, you know, it's because I really haven't taken time like I should to rest, that we'll do that. Thank you, Father for uh, the command to have a Sabbath. We pray we'll all do that. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for uh, modeling that for us and help us uh, in, in all ways, even this way, to be like you. We ask all this in, in Jesus' name. Amen.